We're going to be learning the Hamedrish Vahamasa and Parshas Kitisa. The Torah discusses the mitzvah of Shabbos, and it says the Pasuk Ki Oshi Beni Ubeinechem Ledorosechem. This is a sign between Hashem and the Jews for all generations. Ladas Ki Ani Hashem Mekadeshchem. To know that I am Hashem who sanctifies you. So the Medrash comments on this that it's a sign between Hashem and the Jews, Velo Beini Uvein Ovde Gilulim, and not between. Hashem and the idol worshippers. And then it continues, Hashem sanctifies us in the next world like the sanctity of Shabbos in this world. So the sanctity of Shabbos is like the sanctity of the next world. And the Medrash concludes, that's what it says, that this is the song for the day of Shabbos. So the Hamedrash Vamasa wonders that there's a lot of unclear transitions in this Medrash. First of all, what does it mean that it's a sign between Hashem and the Jews and not the idolaters? Obviously, it's a mitzvah that was given to the Jews as opposed to others. Then suddenly the Medrash transitions to the sanctity of Shabbos being like Olam Haba. So it's unclear how it gets to that point. And then it concludes by invoking Mizmor Shir Lioma Shabbos, the song for the day of Shabbos. So the whole thing is unclear what's going on. Now, there's a few more questions about this whole Mizmor Shir Lioma Shabbos. If you look in that chapter of Tehillim, in fact, it says nothing about Shabbos. So this is very strange because we know that Shabbos is one of the most central mitzvahs. And in the Gemara, it talks about how amazing Shabbos is, all these incredible things that anyone who keeps Shabbos, even if he worshiped idolatry, is forgiven and all sorts of unbelievable things about Shabbos. So why in this song in Tehillim, Mizmor Shir Lioma Shabbos, the song for the day of Shabbos does it not say a single thing about Shabbos. So that's very unusual. Second, says the Medrash Vamasa, there's a very strange Medrash. The Torah says that if the Jews do the right thing, Hashem will cause to be Shabbos, to rest the dangerous animals from the land. So there's a debate in the Medrash what this means. Rabbi Yehuda says it means that Hashem will remove those animals from the world so there won't be dangerous animals. But Rabbi Shimon argues that that's not great praise because if there's no dangerous animals, then of course they're not going to damage anyone. So Rabbi Shimon says they are going to continue to exist. There will be lions and tigers, but they won't damage, they won't harm people. And Rabbi Shimon concludes the Chenhu Omer Mizmor Shirli Shabbos. And he again invokes Mizmor Shirli Shabbos. So again, this is a very strange use of that Pusik and that chapter in Tehillim in regards to this debate between Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Shimon, how God is going to protect people from the dangerous animals. And then there's a third Medrash that also does a similar thing. The Medrash says that after Cain had killed his brother, so Adam, his father, met Cain and he said, what was your judgment? So Cain responds, I did tshuva and I was given a lenient judgment. So Adam is so struck by the power of tshuva that according to this medrash, he says, Mizmor Shir Liom HaShabbos. So we have to understand what was the leniency of Cain's judgment? What did he gain from doing tshuva? And why did Adam connect that to Mizmor Shir Liom HaShabbos? So all these midrashim that invoke Mizmor Shir Liom HaShabbos need some explanation. So the HaMedrash Vamasa explains that based on the original medrash, which explains that Mizmor Shir Liom HaShabbos is not 
not talking about the earthly Shabbos. It's talking about Olam Haba, the future world. That's the meaning of Yom HaShabbos, the day of rest, refers to the future day of rest of Olam Haba. So now we can explain what a lot of these Midrashim are saying. When Cain killed his brother, he committed the ultimate sin of Ben Adam Lechavero. He took the life of another person. So there was no way for him to repent. Because in order to atone for Ben Adam Lechavero, when you hurt someone else, you need to make amends with that person. Now, Cain was obviously unable to do so because he had killed Hevel. So theoretically, there is no way to atone for the sin of murder unless we say that there is another world. This world is not the end of the story. There is a future world where the soul goes. So now if someone murders someone, they can still atone because the person's soul in Olam Haba knows that this person is trying to repent. So that is the conversation that Adam and Cain had. Adam asked Cain, what happened to you? Because it's impossible to do teshuva for the sin of murder. So Cain answered him, I was able to do teshuva and get a lenient punishment, meaning Hevel was in some way able to accept my atonement. So it follows from that, that there has to be Olam Haba. There has to be a future world where the soul goes. So that's why Adam started singing Mizmor Shirli Yom HaShabbos, which is a reference not to Shabbos in this world, but to Olam Haba. Now that Medrash Vamasa continues, and he says that we know that there's all sorts of things in the world that don't make sense. For example, there are rules in the Torah which are logical, and then there are rituals which we don't understand. And if we look around at politics and history, we see the same thing. There are nations that are venerable and ancient groups that are not doing well. And then there's upstart new nations which are having all sorts of success. So there's all sorts of things in the world that we don't fully understand. And that's okay. We're able to accept that because we understand our limitations, that we haven't been here for such a long time and we're not going to be around on this earth for a terribly long time. We each have our lifespan. So we understand that there's a lot of things that we're not going to fully understand. And still we're willing to follow the rules of the Torah and to accept Hashem's guidance of the world because we understand that he knows much more than we do. The Amedrash Vamasa gives an example. If someone were to see someone in a hospital getting surgery and getting anesthesia and being put to sleep and then having a doctor take a knife and start cutting into them, so they would think that this is a horrible situation. On the surface, it looks like this doctor is doing terrible harm to the patient. But we understand the broader context that the doctor is trying to save the patient. There's some sort of illness or something that they're doing a surgery in order to help the person. So it's the same thing in the world that there's all sorts of suffering and terrible things that go on. And to us, it looks like it's a disaster, but it's really Hashem leading the way towards the eventual redemption. Now, the Hamedrash Hamasa suggests that that's the meaning of the word mizmor. That's why it's different than the word shir. The word shir means song in a good way. A person is happy, something good has happened, and they feel happy, so they sing a song. As opposed to a mizmor, which we apply in cases where something difficult is happening, but the person is singing a song because they know that ultimately it's going to end up for the best. So mizmor is a current difficulty which we believe will
will eventually result in Hashem doing the best thing for us. So when we're in a situation of difficulty, we don't sing a shear at that point, but we sing a mizmar. Now, says the Amedrash Vahamasa, Adam, the first human, was created on Friday, the sixth and final day of creation. But imagine for a moment what would have happened if he had been created on the first day of creation. So then he would not have enjoyed that first Shabbos six days later. He would have experienced it as a catastrophe because here he watched Hashem create every day of the week, create unbelievable new things. And Adam, the first person, would have been hoping that Hashem was going to continue doing that forevermore, every day just creating more and more. And then suddenly comes Shabbos and all the creation stops. So Adam would have freaked out, what about all the creation that was going on this week and now Hashem suddenly stopped? Now, the truth is that Adam would have been wrong had he thought that because in fact, Hashem had created everything that was needed. It was just that Adam and humanity were too limited to be able to use the world properly. And says the Hamedrash Vahamaseh that the whole history of humanity has shown how science has progressed further and further. And people have discovered all sorts of details and nuance and complexity in nature. And they've learned how to use nature and to create buildings and cell phones and technology. People have been able to uncover all of this from the world that Hashem created. So if Adam had complained, why is Hashem stopping his creations on Friday? He would have been wrong because it was just his own limitations, not understanding the vastness of what Hashem had already created. He thought that Hashem was not done creating, but it was really humanity who needed to get to work to learn about the world that they were now living in. So this is all another example of the limitations of people that we very often don't see the big picture. We only see our own limited perspective. So now says the Hamedrash Vahamasa, that's the connection between the concept of Shabbos, the seventh day that we have in this world, and the idea of Olam Haba. Because Shabbos illustrates that we all have a limited perspective. We don't see it the way Hashem does, the whole broad picture. And that's the same idea as Olam Haba that there's all sorts of suffering in this world, but eventually it's all leading towards a purpose and in the broader picture, it all makes sense. So that's why the chapter in Tehillim that deals with that theme, that the difficulties in this world are really part of the broader picture and they're ultimately for the good. That's why it starts off Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos. It's a Mizmor because right now there's all sorts of difficulties. And like we said, Mizmor refers to when things are difficult right now. But eventually it will be a shear. That's mizmor shear. The mizmor turns into a shear, into a song of happiness because it will all end up in the right place because of Yom HaShabbos. Based on the idea of Shabbos in this world, which also tells us about the overall nature of reality, that the whole world is for the best, even the difficulties are going to culminate in Olam Haba in the best situation. So that's the explanation of that opening phrase, Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos, for the chapter of Tehillim, which teaches that even the difficulties will ultimately end up only being for our good.
So that's also the connection that the original Medrash makes between Kedusha Shabbos, the sanctity of Shabbos, and Olam Haba. Because again, the idea of Shabbos is a reflection of the idea of Olam Haba, that we have a limited perspective, but even the seeming bad is also Hashem doing things for our good. So now we come to the debate between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon about the dangerous animals. So the Hamedrish Vamasa explained that the lesson of Shabbos is that every aspect, every detail of creation is perfect, even though we don't understand it fully right now, but every single thing that Hashem created is perfectly placed, and eventually we can uncover the reason for it. But there seems to be a problem with this. What is the point of dangerous wild animals? They don't seem to add to people's ability to live on the world. They only seem to kill and hurt people. So we could answer that the purpose of wild animals is that when someone does something wrong and Hashem wants to punish them, he sometimes uses a dangerous animal as a messenger to go kill or hurt that person as punishment. So maybe the purpose of dangerous animals is to do punishment on behalf of Hashem. But that means that in the future, in Mashiach's times, when everyone's doing the right thing and there are no more wicked people, so Hashem doesn't need these wild animals to punish people anymore, then there's no point of them. And that's exactly the view of Rabbi Yehuda. He says that once Mashiach comes and there's no need for these animals, they're going to be removed from the world, meaning their whole purpose was to serve as agents of punishment against wicked people. But once everyone's doing the right thing, there's no longer a purpose for these animals. But there is still a problem with that because it means that they actually served no positive purpose, only punishment for the wicked. So that actually goes against the whole concept that we're discussing because we're saying that every detail of God's creation has a purpose, even if we don't understand it right now, but eventually we will. And now we're saying that these wild animals actually have no positive purpose. They only punish people who are wicked, but they don't play a positive, active role in the world. So that's exactly the point that Reb Shimon makes to Reb Yehuda. He says, your view cannot be right. There must be some purpose that these dangerous animals play. And even if we don't understand it right now, but eventually we will. So that's exactly Reb Shimon's point that in the times of Mashiach, when everyone's doing the right thing and these wild animals are no longer needed to punish sinners... Even so, they're going to remain in the world. And even though we don't know exactly what their purpose is, at that point, we will find out. So it will be uncovered what the purpose of dangerous animals was. So that's what Reb Shimon's trying to say. This is not praise of Hashem that he would get rid of the wild animals at that point because it just implies that these wild animals didn't really play a role in creation. Says Reb Shimon, the praise of Hashem is that the wild animals are going to remain in those times of Mashiach, even though they're no longer harming people. And still, they're going to have a role, so it's going to be uncovered that they always played a vital role in the world. And that's why he invokes Mizmor Shir Lioma Shabbos, this whole idea that we derive from Shabbos and Olam Haba, that every part of creation is perfect. We might not see it right now, but eventually we will. So the same applies to wild animals, says Reb Shimon, even right now they only seem dangerous 
eventually will learn what their true purpose in the world was. Now, earlier the Hamedrash Vahamasa pointed out that it's not only objects in the world that sometimes don't seem to make sense, but also the history and the politics and the ups and downs of different nations also a lot of times don't make sense. And one of the ones that doesn't make sense is the Jews. Here we have this long distinguished history and the Jews do so many wonderful things in the world and yet they're downtrodden and oppressed and chased all over the place. So this is another one of those examples of things that we don't understand in the moment from our limited perspective, but we understand that eventually in the future world, it's going to make sense. From the broad view of God, it does make sense. So it's in line with the whole lesson of Shabbos. It's part of this whole Olam Haba concept that in the future we will understand why all of this was for the best. So applying all this, the HaMedrash Vahamasa explains the Medrash that we began with with, the Medrash says that Shabbos is a sign between God and the Jews, not the idol worshippers. In other words, the Medrash is picking up on this point that the message of Shabbos, which is that from the limited human perspective, sometimes things don't make sense, which they do from the broad perspective of Hashem, that lesson applies specifically to the Jews with all their travails and upheavals over history, but it does not apply as much to the other nations that don't have that same need for this message. So from that, the Medrash then transitions to a discussion of Olam Haba because it's the same basic concept. So it says that the sanctity of Shabbos is a reflection of Olam Haba where this whole message comes to full fruition, where we really see how the difficult things that we go through in this world are ultimately for the best. So that's the transition from the first part of the Medrash to the second. And then it invokes Mizmor Shir Liom HaShabbos, which as we said, is the chapter of Tehillim which talks about this whole concept and how all the difficulties in the future will be shown to have been part of the redemption.